Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Buddy Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Buddy Green's beauty director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well-being. And on today's episode, I am having on Madison Hedrick. She is a model. She is an entrepreneur. She is a wellness enthusiast. So I am so excited to chat with her today and just learn all of her secrets and tips. Without further ado, Madison, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Madison. I'm a model and also the founder and CEO of Carry On. Well, I can't wait to get into all of it. But, you know, first, I always love to let the audience get to know the guest a little bit better. And, you know, specifically for you, I would love to hear how you got into the modeling and fashion industry. It's really funny. I feel like most models kind of have this Cinderella story of how they got discovered. And it's it's really true. I mean, it's a little different now in times of social media. But when I started, it was pre-Instagram and I got scouted the old-fashioned way and funny enough in a Walmart of all places Um, and yeah it was just kind of like this right place right time I was 14 at the time so I was a kid super young and I was in Walmart with my friend and next door neighbor after school running into grab a snack and I ran into a talent scout who approached me and you know asked the questions like are you a model do you have interest in being a model and at 14 years old I mean the only thing on my agenda was you know school and what I was doing after school and what I was if my parents would like let me (laughs) play outside longer than usual like that was fashion was not on my radar, but I was introduced to it. And I figured like, why not? I was really intrigued by it. My parents were worried um, <laughs> as as any parent would be. And it was something that was so foreign to us. And I really wanted to give it a shot. And my parents, you know, as supportive and worried as they were, they wanted me to be able to do what I wanted to do, what I was passionate about. So my parents were really supportive and understanding. And until I was 18, was on every photo shoot with me, making sure everything was okay. But yeah, I I really got into the fashion industry by luck, which is kind of like a really crazy thing now that I think about it. Yeah, no kidding. Especially at 14. I mean, I think about the 14s that I know, 14-year-olds that I know, and I'm like, oh, they're such little babies. I mean, that has to be such an intimidating industry to get in at such a young age. I mean, we'll get into, you know, some of this later in our conversation, but I'm just, I'm so curious about specifically at that young age, how were you able to ground yourself and like center yourself in such a crazy industry? Yeah, you know, it was one of those kind of things where I think ignorance is bliss almost. Like I was, I had no idea what I was doing. I just loved doing it. And I loved like catering on set. <laughs> I loved like the makeup and the style. Like it was the most fascinating thing in the world to me. It was something, again, that was so foreign, something I couldn't have even imagined it even existed. And that's not to say that, I mean, I, I was really aware that I was expected to act as an adult and to be professional. And I think that, you know, thank goodness I had parents who really instilled that in me and from the beginning. So it wasn't, you know, 
being respectful wasn't so foreign to me. But and something to also like keep in mind is not only was I 14 and and on set and in an adult professional setting, I was not modeling kids' clothes. I was modeling women's wear. I mean, I was on set with models who were in their 20s and 30s, and I was so young at the time. And, you know, between the ages of 14 and 18, I was only modeling if we had like a summer break or a spring break because I was in school, obviously. And then when I was 18, like even 18 is really young. Like I was... Then I was on my own when I was 18 and being in these professional settings, it was crazy. But I, I think just like having a, a support system and having an agency and manager and family that are checking in and making sure that everything's going well and going smooth and that I'm taken care of so I could be able to do something that I was passionate about is something I'm super grateful for. Yeah. This inspires a follow-up question, and I think it's pertinent just because, you know, we live in this age of social media where people could theoretically, you know, put themselves out and become influencers at any age, and people have access to, to you know, post photos and post a lot of themselves um, at at younger and younger ages. So I, you know, as you're a woman who went through that and you are a woman who came out the other side, like very successful, very grounded. Do you have any advice for younger people who are like dabbling with this world of social media and how they can deal with a lot of these pressures? Because it's, I think it's a lot for kids, right? I couldn't imagine. I mean, my friends that have kids now and we talk about social media and like dealing with that. I mean, like going through the growing pains in life is hard enough being a kid already. And, you know, I think that goes for saying for kids at this days with social media, but also models and any, I mean, anyone with social media is just opening up the floodgates to be constantly critiqued and see it every day in front of them. And that's really hard. And I mean, for me growing up, you know, at 14, I didn't look like the normal 14 year old. Like I'm actually, I think I've only grown one inch since I was 14. Like I basically, like, it's really weird looking back at old photos of me in school because I look the exact same. Um, and so like that also, I really stuck out. I was really tall and lanky and like just awkward. Like I wasn't developing the ways my friends were. And there was just bullies are bullies and being a kid and going through those growing pains and your body changing and everything being so foreign and weird. And then like also having social media and people judging you. It's just, it's a, it's a much different time and world that we're living in today. And I, I don't imagine how kids, you know, handle that. But I think that my advice to be is just to like really stay true to yourself. And it's so cliche and kind of cheesy, but it's really true. It's like, you have to be able to filter through that. And if you're posting things that are authentic to you and people don't agree with it or have something to say, if you're, if you stay true to yourself, then you understand that, you know, like, so what, you know, you kind of have to have that mentality because everyone's a critic these days. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I love that advice. Obviously you're into beauty as well. And I, I'm curious, were you always into beauty? Was some was the interest in beauty? Did that come through modeling? You know, how did you find yourself on that path? Growing up in Charleston, like I didn't know about fashion brands. I didn't know about beauty brands. I never really wear makeup. And it's actually this like strange thing I have with going home. I never wear makeup for some reason. It's just like not the vibe in Charleston. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I didn't know anything about the industry 
um, in the beauty world and in the space of makeup and skincare um, until I became a model and being in the fashion industry. And I remember one of my first show I ever did was Prada and backstage Pat McGrath was doing the makeup and she did like these bleached brows on me. Queen Pat. Oh my God. Yeah. We love mother. Um, she like bleached my brows, made them bright orange. I had this like super smoky purple eye, these long nails, these hair extensions from Guido. And I was like, I, I didn't look like myself. I literally transformed into like this alien character. And I thought it was the most artistic, creative, beautiful, like mind blowing thing ever. I was like, who am I? I'm like a character. I thought it was the craziest thing. And that's where really my passion for makeup and skincare and beauty and being able to transform into different characters really came from. And I just kind of became obsessed and especially within makeup and with modeling like skincare, you know, having great skin was always a priority that I struggled with a lot being a teenager, having hormonal changes and being on a flight all of the time and dealing with acne and all of that. Like I realized, okay, makeup's really cool, but makeup looks even better when your skin looks great. So I was like, let's like back it up a little bit. And then I became obsessed with skincare. As a model, you obviously have to learn how to take care of yourself and you have to learn how to do it in ways that are sustainable. And I think, you know, the old cliche of models not eating and like smoking cigarettes, I think that has long been, uh, you know, not debunked, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's uh, it's not the cliche anymore. And now I feel like, you know, the new crop of models are just so invested in their wellness and they're so invested in their well-being. And I'm curious, you know, what is your relationship with wellness and how, how you take care of yourself? How has that evolved over time? Yeah, for me, I was introduced to wellness almost as a necessity. And it was something that I couldn't skimp on or neglect because it would really affect me, especially with being in such a high demanding job physically and mentally. Um, and I don't know if like people really understand how taxing modeling is um, for people. I mean, pre-COVID, I was averaging two to two and a half months out of the whole year combined that I was at home sleeping in my own bed. And just this last week alone, I was on six flights in five days. And last week, I only slept in a bed three nights. Um, I was either on a plane or on set. So like I doing this for over half my life now i'm turning 30 this year it's like really crazy that i've been doing this for so long and in the beginning you know no one really gave me like okay here's a guidebook on how to survive and how to keep your skin right and your mind right and your body right and to be able to conquer this job and to do it elegantly and flawlessly and feel good and look good doing it like no one gave me that guidebook i'm still looking for it um but in the beginning, like it was really just like trial and error. And I, I would arrive with dark circles under my eyes and like dehydrated, broken out skin and my body hurt. And like my internal clock was off. I was jet lagged. I was hungry at weird times and I wasn't sleeping. And like that I felt was hindering my performance on set. Like if I'm not feeling good and looking good, like how can I do my job? And I'm looking around at everyone because I'm not the only one like photographers and makeup artists and everyone are also have this demanding schedule. And I'm like, how are you guys doing this? Like, what is the secret sauce? What is the secret? So over the years, I really just gathered all of this information and really, you know, 
made wellness and self-care a priority in my life because I really had no other choice. Yeah. That kind of brings up a, a, a topic I wanted to speak with you on anyway is like this idea of boundaries. And I think we talk about boundaries so often now and it's become such a part of the zeitgeist. But I do think it's particularly important for people who like yourself are models or they work in fashion or they work in just very hectic industries, right? And it's probably very hard to set boundaries for yourself and, you know, prioritize that self-care when you are in an industry where you're kind of like pushed in all these different directions all the time. And I'd love to know how, how have you developed, how have you been able to develop boundaries and like center yourself? Have you been able to? (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a very good question. Um, I am one of those people that is a yes man and I am a people pleaser and it's a quality and it's also my greatest flaw. I never want to let people down and I always want to work hard and do the most I can. And it's interesting. There's so many jobs that are physically, mentally demanding, but with my experience with modeling, it's, it's this feeling of never being able to say no because because work with modeling is very unpredictable. There could be two months in a row where you're working every single day. And then there could be a month where you don't book a single job and there's no rhyme or reason to it. And it's, so it's kind of that feeling of when a job option comes up, you have to say yes, because you don't know when the next one is, or if it's a great job and a great opportunity, you know, it could lead to the next cover or the next campaign. And so it's always this pressure of not being able to say no and take time off. And, you know, especially with COVID after lockdown, like there was like two solid years where no one was working and shooting. And so I was freaking out just like everyone in the world. And then when modeling and fashion started coming back and things started going into full swing, it was like working like never before. It was never a single day off. And I felt that pressure even more because I'm like, there's more COVID strains coming out. Are we going into lockdown again? Like, I can't afford to say no. Like, this is so difficult. And I was just really getting to a point where I was on the verge of like a, like a breakdown. I was like, I don't want to be burned out. I want to still love this and be passionate about it. And so my husband was like, let's go away just for the weekend. Like, let's go for two days. And writing that email to say that I'm taking the weekend off was the hardest thing ever. And like that, it sounds so silly to say out loud, but my agency was like, what? Like, are you crazy? Like, what if something comes up? What, like, this is not the time to be taking off. And I really had to put my foot down and say like, guys, I really need this. Like I need a break. Like I need a mental break. And so those two days I put my phone away, I put my computer away and I just like spent time doing nothing. Like taking a walk, like eating right and laying in the sun and, you know, just having quiet time. And it helped tremendously. Like after those two days, I just felt so clear and I just felt motivated and rested and ready to get back to New York and came up with all these ideas for carry on and new products. And it was just such a necessity. And so as difficult as it is, like establishing boundaries is so important and it's not slacking. And I think that there's this like weird stigma a lot of us have with self-care being a a bit selfish and it's not. And to be able to perform well and prevent burnout, it's, it's key. It's like completely necessary to take time for yourself. Yeah. 
I I think everything you just said is so important. And I especially think it's important now because with social media, with the internet, with just how technology has driven most of our jobs, there's always the pressure to be doing something more, right? Like you could always like for, I'll use myself as an example. Like I could always write another article. I could always answer another email. I could always do X, Y, Z. And it is kind of that nonstop pressure to always be committing. Um, and I think it's just deeply challenging for people now to understand what that balance is and to, to understand how they can say no and, uh, what that even looks like. Because I feel like a lot of people like yourself, like you were saying, you didn't even know what it looked like to say no. You know, writing that email was terrifying to you. Totally. Totally. It's it but it's it's one of those things. It's not selfish and it's not slacking. And you'll you'll see the comments like, oh, she's on vacation. Or <laughs> and that's another funny thing. Like with the modeling, like I went to Hawaii. I I traveled to Hawaii for less than 24 hours for a photo shoot and then had to fly straight back for another shoot and land and went straight to set. Like I posted a picture in Hawaii and people were like, oh, wow, like glamorous, like have fun on vacation, like as if I'm not working and haven't slept in like five days. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's not, I wish, <laughs> but you know, I think it's, I think it's one of those things where it's just so important and it doesn't have to be vacation. It could just be, you know, getting up 20 minutes earlier in the morning to just like be in silence and have a m moment for yourself. Like it looks, self-care looks different in so many ways. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll get to your traveling hacks in a second because I'm really, really excited to learn them because I am in constant need for a traveling hacks. But I did want to ask, you know, in those moments where you are feeling burnt out or you are feeling anxious, do you have any grounding activities that you go to or like grounding rituals that you turn to? Yeah, there's um, a few things that I do. Uh, the first thing is, and again, it sounds like silly and cheesy, but breathing techniques. And I don't know if you know about the square technique, but when you... Yeah, I love it, but explain. Yeah, so I... I inhale for four seconds, I hold for four seconds, I let out for four seconds and I do this and it just really just instantly kind of makes me, my nerves slow down and helps my head to stop spinning. And it's just like one of these practices that's like very simple and easy to do. And it makes a difference for me. I also call my mom a lot like having like I'm like not afraid to say that I like call my mom like seven times a day and just being able for her to be a voice of reason and be able to you know give me advice and sometimes just listen and let me vent and I think that having a friend or a family member or a colleague or someone who you can vent with and or whether it's therapist or therapy like there's so many different ways you can go about it but for me that really helps and I'm also a huge fan of journaling I know it's super nerdy and it's also time consuming but for me it's really important especially since I'm on the go so much that if I'm busy and I don't have enough time in a day to write a paragraph or a few sentences, like sometimes I'll just write, today I'm stressed or today I'm happy or today I'm sad. And being able to like go back through my journal and be like, look at some things and realize like, oh, that really wasn't that big of a deal at the time, but I, it really affected me. But now I know how to handle it. I've been in that situation before. And I think that sometimes we forget that like, 
we are our own history books. <laughs> you know, like we've been through a lot, a lot of people. So being able to remember like, hey, I got through that. And now I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I'm sure that whatever I'm going through right now will just be another page in my journal and a lesson that I learned. So those are a few little tr tricks that I use. I want to print off that quote that you just said. Uh, we are our own history books. I love that so much. That is such good advice. Thank you. Yeah. Well, okay. Now we, I need to know all about your travel hacks. I am somebody who loves travel. You are clearly somebody who travels a lot. So I, I need everything from you. Let's let's start with, okay, red eyes. I, I, I always take red eyes, especially if I'm flying to Europe. I'm very much somebody who's like, nope, I... I just want to get there. I want to wake up and I want to be in another country on a different time zone. However, they're notoriously hard on the body, right? So, you know, what, what is your best method for getting quality sleep on a red eye? Okay. So this, this might seem obvious to some, but I've realized with my friends, it's not that obvious. And I don't think I'm a genius that has unlocked a code, but I think that this can sound quite simple and straightforward, but it's all about flight time. And that's something I travel to Europe often. And so I also agree, like red eye is the way to go. It's brutal, but it will help with jet lag a lot. In New York to Paris, there's a 6 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m. and midnight. I always choose the latest flight, the midnight option, if I have to, the 10 p.m., right? And for the reason of, I will have most likely had a full day of work or running around and then I'm packed. And then by the time that I get to the airport, I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I hopefully like knock out and sleep throughout the flight so that when I land in Paris, you'll land around 9am. So you have a full day ahead of you. And the first day is key. I cannot stress this enough. If you are golden on the first day, you like just set the rest of your week to be phenomenal. Um, I make myself stay awake that day and I do not take a nap because I will not wake up from that nap. So it's super important to stay awake. If I have meetings, I'll walk to all my meetings, make sure I'm moving, make sure drinking coffee, tea, whatever it is to stay awake throughout the day so that that when nighttime comes, I'm really exhausted and I sleep through the night. So Battling jet lag first night is the most important. I also take magnesium. I'm the biggest magnesium fan. It helps with blood circulation, which is great for the flight. It also helps with reducing stress and helping with muscle pains and headaches. There's an array of things that magnesium is excellent for. So I'm a big believer on flight times and magnesium, staying hydrated. Also, I recently discovered this app called Time Shifter. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's really cool. Like you put in where you are and where you're flying to and like what flight you're on and it will give advice as to like, okay, stop drinking coffee at this time. Like put your eye mask on at this time. Like it tells you like steps to prevent jet lag, which I think is really cool. I just use it on my last flight. I absolutely need to download that. So thank you. Okay, so how do you prioritize nutrition when you travel? This is the one I struggle with quite a lot because it's like you're on the plane, the food's not like usually not very healthy. Then you go and I don't know, you're just kind of like eating whatever you can and you kind of want to indulge, but I, I, I struggle with it. What, what is your approach? 
So my approach is I try to avoid airplane food at all costs. I don't care what airline it is. If they have fancy food, if they don't, like the, it's all packed with salt and it just makes you bloated. It makes you just feel off and like droggy or at least it does for me. So I avoid airplane food at all costs and I try to have like a healthy meal at home before heading to the airport. But I am one of those people that thinks money doesn't exist when I'm in an airport and I'm like just buying all the things like all the magazines, like all the snacks, like two smart water bottles, the biggest one. Like I'm just like one of those people. I'm such a sucker. I don't know what like if it's like they spray out a scent that makes me want to buy cheese like I buy food that I don't even eat normally like it's bizarre so um I try like when I have those moods to not go for the potato chips that are salty I'll go for like candy like it's just like kind of like having that balance it's like okay like I ate healthy at home but I'll indulge in a snack and try to not make it salty right it's just like one of those things it's inevitable like I could sit here and say, I don't do that, but I'm going to be honest and real. I do that. Um, but I try, I try to stay healthy and, you know, eating at home and not being hungry when you arrive surely does help quite a bit. And, you know, when traveling, my internal clock is always off, right? So I'm trying, if I'm eating familiar, healthy foods that my body knows and digests well, like dark leafy greens, like there's so, I just really try to stay healthy when I'm also abroad in eating so that my body feels good. And it's like one less thing my body has to think about. Yeah. I, I am also somebody who gets to an airport and it's like rules don't exist and all of a sudden I just go crazy, but you know, I don't know. It, who is it hurting besides Life is short. Like, get the Cheetos. Like, life's short. It's not going to kill anyone. <laughs> um, okay, so I think there is an art to the, like, the five-minute phase or, like, the two-minute phase, right? So it's, like, what you put on when you need to look polished and put together right after a flight. Like, maybe it's a red eye or maybe it's just a long flight. But I, I love hearing people's, like, really quick, I got to get ready. I got to look nice. I'm going straight to a meeting after this flight. What's your go-to? So my go-to is, I mean, after a flight, I don't have access to one, but I do, like, if I'm at home, I do a giant bucket of ice with water in it and I dunk my head. It immediately wakes me up. It shocks the jet lag out of my system and, like, just makes everything tight. So, but if you don't have access to that, a roller or jade roller, just really to get the blood flowing in the face. I also use my products carry on, um, which is this exact reason why I created the brand is for these easy access tools. But the one thing and my favorite product that we have is our facial mist. And it has caffeine in it. And it really just like brings the blood flow to the face and really gives you like a moisturized, dewy, fresh look. And it's also like not heavily scented. It's all natural flavors like cucumber and lavender and really just like makes you feel fresh. And I think that that's a super key thing when you're getting off a flight and have to go to a meeting or whatever. I also use a moisturizer. We have moisturizing pads that are easy to use. And so minimizing hands on face. We also have a mask and hand sanitizer. So that's what I use. I also use Aquaphor. I'm old school. Like I know there's so many great lip products out there right now that everyone is obsessing over lately but I'm a 
old fashioned aquaphor girl. Um, I even will put it on my eyelids for like to give a little like spice thumb dewy look. But that is my go to. I also use eye patches. I'm really loving the 111 skin ones lately and an eyebrow brush to brush up the eyebrows. But that's my go to for just like feeling clean, fresh and looking awake when I land. I love that. I also feel like the tip of having like a roller or something on board, that is something that I always forget to bring, but I think it's so smart. And then yes, I feel like a face mist is absolutely necessary. Whenever I go on a flight and I don't have a face mist, I immediately notice a difference in my skin when I can't like spritz myself. Totally. And it's always just easy to like rehydrate. It's just like the mist helps and like, and throughout the day, like it's really great to use. Yeah. Okay. So other than, you know, the beauty essentials, do you have any other carry-on products that you always have on hand or like you prioritize when you travel? Yeah. You know, okay. I found this on Amazon. I literally think it was under $5, but I just whipped it out because I just got back from traveling, but it's like this little gadget guy and you can like hook it onto your seat and put your phone in it to watch a movie and like scary on my flight to Hawaii the TVs were not working and I was like 14 hours of silence with myself I cannot handle this <laughs> we're gonna get way too deep on this flight um so I I was like so happy I got this little guy and so yeah I just like hooked it onto the TV and where the TV like should have been working and I put my phone and I watched a movie in it like I love an eye mask, like sleeping mask. And my noise canceling headphones are my saving grace. Yeah. Okay. Are you a leggings girl, a sweatpants girl? What, what are you wearing? Sweatpants all the way. I want to be comfy. I love leggings. Like if it's like a short flight, but I'm usually on long flights and I just want to be as comfortable as possible. It's like really funny. I was looking at these old pictures of my grandma and from like her first flight and she was so dressed up in heels and gloves and like the whole thing. And I was, I couldn't imagine when I see them on the airport in heels, I'm like, why? I don't, I, I really can't comprehend it. So yeah, I kind of am always in sweats at the airport. So my, my boyfriend is English and um, I feel like, his family, they still, they don't dress up to go to the airports, but they certainly dress up more than I go to the airport. And I definitely, whenever I travel, I'm like, oh, I am the super American here. I am wearing like sweatpants, a hoodie. Like I look like a schlep and they're way more dressed up than I am. Yeah. Like I don't get it. Like why are there guys in suits on flights? Like that is like, oh, uncomfortable for you just looking at you <laughs> also it's like it's just gonna rumple up the suit change when you get off the flight yeah i don't get it okay so how do you fit in movement and working out when you're traveling so often i can't imagine that's easy no especially when i don't get many hours to sleep and that's really tough it's like okay if i like, I mean, just this week alone, like I wrapped a late night shoot and then I had a four, I had to be up at 4 a.m. the next day for a 5 a.m. call time. I'm like, okay, if I go to sleep right now, I get like four and a half hours of sleep. And it's like, am I going to work in an hour workout to that? Like that, like I'm always juggling like sleep or workout, sleep or workout. So I just really try to listen to my body as much as possible. But for those times where I find it difficult to squeeze in a workout, I just walk everywhere. I'm like, okay, fine. Like if it takes 
15 minutes in a car, 30 minutes walking. I'm, I'm just going to walk because I just feel that moving my body and getting the blood flowing just first of all, it keeps me awake, <laughs> but it also just like makes me feel more grounded. Um, so I really am a big, I'm one of those annoying people that's like, let's just walk. Like, let's just walk to dinner. Like I'm totally one of those people. I walk everywhere. So that's my number one form of movement. And then my second is Pilates. I really like, especially when I'm in New York, I have my go-to places, but when I'm traveling, I'm always trying to find a Pilates studio near the hotel to try out. All excellent tips and advice. Do you have any like last travel tip that you can impart on us? Like, is there a piece of travel advice that is like the best advice you've ever been given? Or like, what do you want people to know about traveling? Don't be scared to do skincare on the plane. Like, I think that a lot of, okay, you know, this whole thing going around with tube girl on the subway, how she like, I don't know if you've seen her TikToks and everyone's like, oh my gosh, how does she do that in public? I feel that way when I'm on an airplane and I'm doing the mask and I have like my camera, <laughs> my phone, and I'm filming my skincare routine on the plane. I'm like, the people sitting next to me <laughs> are like literally trying to squeeze to stay out of it. My advice, do it. You'll thank yourself when you land. Don't be scared to do skincare on the flight and getting that boost of hydration and being able to have that moment for yourself. And that's like also something that I think is really unique about carry on is it's there it's in your bag but it's also really breaking the stigma of traveling being brutal because i think we can all agree that when we're traveling it's it's such a privilege and a blessing to be able to experience new cultures and to go on vacation and go and to explore the beautiful planet that we're living on is such a privilege but the actual act of traveling no matter where you're sitting on a plane is not great and it's tough and it's stressful. And, you know, with carry on, it really gives you that moment to amidst all the chaos, whether you're traveling or you just have a busy day to have a moment of self care for yourself and kind of drown the noise and do a face mask and do a face mist and don't care what anyone's looking or think they don't know you, you'll never see them again. So my advice and travel hack is do your skincare prep. No one cares. I love it. I am somebody like you. I am shameless about skincare on a flight. <laughs> I will like lip, whip out all my products and I'll like line them up and I'm like, all right, I'm doing it all right here. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. I mean, truly the flight, the airplane air is so bad for your skin that you truly have to. You have to. I mean, an airplane cabin, it's been proven is drier than the Sahara Desert. Like no one's going to the Sahara Desert without skincare. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Okay, so now I want to hear about how you take care of yourself on a day-to-day -day basis. Obviously, your life evolves and you are busy. I am sure this changes a lot, but what is like your normal morning and nighttime skincare routine? So in the morning, I wake up. Again, I do like either the ice bucket or my roller. Um, I wash my face. I use um a light exfoliator i'm really obsessed with the lotion p50 from biologic research like that has been a game changer for my skin in so many ways so i do that every morning followed by a couple of serums that are targeted for different reasons like i get really big pores and i always like find it 
fascinating when people don't have pores. Like my sister doesn't have a single pore on her face and it's the most annoying thing ever. Um, so I use a serum for shrinking pores. I also use an extra hydration serum and one, actually it's really weird. It's like, it's kind of weird. I use a, <laughs> it's my Beelzebub research. It's placenta. It's not real placenta. It's vegan, but like that also is just like super healing for my skin followed by um, moisturizer. I use the carry on moisturizing pads and I use the, our mask as kind of like an overnight mask or throughout the day. Like if I don't, if I'm not wearing makeup, I'll wear it throughout the day. Cause just makes your skin really glowy. So that's my morning routine skincare wise for sure. It's a lot, <laughs> but it's good. Um, do you have any like hair care favorites? Yeah. I recently tried the Acton Acre hair mask and I'm really loving it. And Helena who started it is a hairstylist that I've worked with before many times over the years. I love her. She's the best. She's been on this podcast. She's so cool. No way. Yeah. 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 I love Helena. So I, I recently tried it and I'm really loving it. Yeah. They're the best. I love them. Um, okay. Makeup. Do you have any like go-to makeup products? Yes, I am. I hate the price. I'll be honest. It's, you know, not a great feeling <laughs> making such an expensive purchase on something so small, but I really love the Chanel Le Beige foundation. It is incredible. And they just came out with a new formula of it. And it's incredible. I, I like using it just because it's not so much coverage and it just gives your skin that like really healthy glow. And a lot of the times when I use it, people are like, are you wearing makeup? Like you're, you're, you look, I can't tell. And that's my favorite compliment. That's like the best compliment ever because I like day to day wearing natural looking makeup and it just doesn't feel heavy. It's super light. So I'm loving that. Always love Pat's eyeshadow palettes they're just the best and i love tom ford bronzer and highlighter as well um and i'm really loving there's this brownish pink color from laura mercier a lip color that's like super easy and fresh and chic and beautiful and um yeah that's my that's my makeup for like go-to and then are you like a facial person do you get any treatments anything like that Oh my gosh, I'm the facial queen. I love facials. Who do you go to? I I have like it's like I have like a Rolodex. It's like I literally like switch in and out of all of my facials. I do a different one like every month. I love Christine Chen um in Lower East Side. She's kind of like this hidden secret, but every time I go, I see someone I know there, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about it as much. They're really intense they're very it's like kind of painful they love doing extractions but i feel like a really deep clean after christine chin um and then like i have a handful of facialists that i go to that use biologic research products which i love those types of facials my friend alina is a facialist i see her all the time and then like i'll try every once in a while like those oxygen facials that i kind of like spas they have those it's just like a nice little boost. But yeah, I'm obsessed with facials. I have never actually been to Christine for a facial, but I've heard of her work before. Yeah. Like my friend, 
who is a grown man, cried when I made him go there because he was like, this hurts so much. <laughs> but like, it's it's worth it. Like, I, I, I'm a believer in extractions. Like, got to clean those pores out. Okay, so now we talk about how you take care of yourself as a whole. Obviously, you know, we believe everything is skincare from what you eat to how much you move. So, you know, we've talked to throughout the episode, we've talked about some of this, but just more for like day to day stuff. What are your well being must haves? That can be movement, that can be nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. For me, nutrition is like really key just because I notice like I'm a firm believer in like listening to your body. And if you want a burger, eat a burger. Like I'm, I don't follow any diets. I generally just enjoy eating healthy. I'm actually like, fun fact, I'm a certified health coach. Oh my God. That's so cool. I, I love that. Yeah. So I have always been fascinated by wellness, internal and external wellness. And I did a course through integrative nutrition. And I learned so much about myself and what works for my body and what doesn't. And everyone's different. And that's why I think that diets are not the best to follow because we are so different. And I just, you know, have found the things that work best for me. And one of them is intermittent fasting. And again, it's not for everyone, but I feel a lot better when I intermittent fast, and especially when I'm traveling, it kind of helps reset my internal clock knowing like, okay, we don't eat breakfast, we don't eat lunch and dinner. Um, And for me, that's like really worked wonders. And I've noticed a difference in my body and in my skin, it really helps. But I really just try to keep a healthy balanced diet with, of course, like, you know, splurging here and there. But overall, I I love vegetables and fish is like really my go-to, especially growing up in Charleston. I'm used to seafood. So eating fish and veggies is um, really, I think overall, there's so many things I do and from skincare to movement to mental health. And I, I put so much focus in all areas, but I think for me, my priority is always nutrition. Yeah, no, I... I agree. I mean, I feel like getting the nutrition component is just like the basis for everything else. And like, it's your foundation and then you can build on top of it. You said you did Pilates earlier. And I just have to ask when you are in New York, where do you go? Or, you know, what, what are some of your favorite places? I love New York Pilates. I'm really loving New York. Okay. I, I don't know if this is like, unknown thing but all of my friends go to forma pilates and rave about it and love it and it is it's like the most difficult secret club to get into i like didn't know this like everyone's like yeah you have to be invited and referred by someone and i'm like what so i don't embarrass you like on the reporter machine like that is ridiculous but anyways i like it has made me super excited to try it. I'm like such a sucker. I'm like, oh, if it's difficult to get in, I'm like, I want to go every day now. So I just got back in town and just got accepted into Forma. So I'm really... <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really can't wait to see what all the hype is about. And But yeah, I usually go to New York Pilates, but I'm going to start trying out Forma and I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, please do. I'm now I'm curious. Now I'm like, what the hell? I want, <laughs> I want an invitation. <laughs> it's a great marketing scheme. <laughs> I've been doing solid core, which is... Solid core is hard. Really hard. It's so hard. Yeah. 
It's um, I like can't do the class full out. I like have to take breaks throughout it. Yeah, I've been a couple of times. I really liked it, but it's it's intense. Yeah, super intense. All right. Well, you answered all my questions, Madison. You were so fun. I loved chatting with you. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune in to next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.